Hey guys, it's me, Jenna Hartley. Welcome to Heart to Heart. This is the place to be if you want to be inspired, be empowered, and find ways to embrace the strong woman I know you already are. So buckle up and let's get ready to discover our inner badasses. Hey guys, I'm Jenna Hartley. Welcome to Writer Wednesdays, a weekly chat with my author friends. It's a chance to get to know some of the authors behind your favorite stories, as well as hopefully discover some new ones. Uh, today's guest is the lovely A.L. Jackson. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, A.L. Jackson is the New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of contemporary romance. She writes emotional, sexy, heart-filled stories about boys who usually like to be a little bit bad. Um, if she's not writing, you can find her hanging out by the pool with her family, sipping cocktails with her friends, or of course, with her nose buried in a book. Well, welcome. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you recently released Beneath the Stars, um, and I saw this Instagram post. You're going to totally think I'm a stalker after this. But, um, <laughs> anyways, where you wrote that this story felt so magical to me when I wrote it, um, that there was something kind of special about them. And so I wondered if you feel that way about every book or if this one was just extra special and maybe why that was. Okay. Um, well, that's, I mean, I guess there's kind of like two sides to that because I feel like I try to make every single book that I write special. Like there's always, you know, I want to have that feeling when I'm writing and if I don't have it, then I know there's something wrong because I want that, you know, I want my readers to have that feeling as well. Um, but I think for Beneath the Stars, there was something magical about it just in the way that it was written and like the actual, like the actual vibe that it had. It just had like almost like a, I don't want to say like otherworldly feeling, but it was like they had an, such a connection to each other and um, she was um, an empath in it. And so there was just like this special thing, like bond between them and they kind of knew what each other was feeling, you know, just when they were in the room together. So it just created this, I don't know, this like sizzle every single time that they were together. So that just is what made it feel magical to me that there was just like, like I got chills every time <laughs> that I wrote them in a scene. Did you have to do much research on the empath thing or do you feel like you are an empath? Um, I did not do a ton just because I, um, I, I sometimes try, you know, I try to get like the bare basic details about stuff. And then I just kind of write it how that I see it, which maybe is wrong sometimes, but especially for that, I just wanted it to be, you know, something that she didn't really know, like, you know, as far as like the term or like being like having, having that, um, I want it to be something that she just recognized about herself. So like writing it through like her perspective without anybody telling her what that meant mm -hmm. and because she recognized it at a young age she just felt people differently than they maybe felt her mm -hmm. and so I if I did too much research and I did I wouldn't want it to come out as being like um you know like a, a self-help book or something I just wanted it like an experience through somebody that might might have those feelings kind of thing yeah. interesting yeah um I don't know if you've heard or watched the movie I think it's called in in her eyes in your eyes it reminds Every time I say it, I hear that song like in your eyes. Um, it's really interesting <laughs> you talking about that. She's not an empath, but it made me think of it um, because she she like wakes up and has this telepathic communication with a guy that she's like never met, and so they can like hear and read each other's thoughts, and they're like freaked out about it. It's a it's a really fascinating movie. Um, oh my gosh, it sounds awesome. I've never heard of it. I'm gonna have to look it up. It's called In Her Eyes. Netflix. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> like In Your Eyes or In Her Eyes, and it was like this amazing story because they had never met, but and they had never even seen each other. Like they just suddenly woke up and had these thoughts, and they're like, "That's not my voice," and it sounds like, I mean, in a different way, kind of 
how connected your characters are. Right. right. I love it. That sounds you awesome. Do that, so, um, well, hopefully you enjoy it. Let me know. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, so you've now finished your, sorry, Falling Stars series. Um, and I know you've kind of talked about planning a new series um, as far as I saw you posting about your beautiful um, planners, which I want to get to some more of as well. Um, oh, awesome. So I wondered um, how you go about kind of planning a new series, if you are much of a planner or, you know, like um, whether you write the books as they come or if you try to be kind of deliberate about it from the start. So um, I really consider myself a panster just because um, I tend to just like dive into a story. I have like a, you know, kind of a vague idea of what I want it to be. And usually I'll start writing and it typically changes. Like I very rarely start a book that I just write all the way through without starting over. Cause it's like, to me, I like have to get in that story to be able to learn who they are. And then as they grow, then I have to kind of, then I'm like, okay, this is what the, the story I'm supposed to tell is. So I really can't plot that out. I do tend to write companion novels. So characters that are placed in the first book kind of have like parameters shaped around them just because that they that's already been written. Um, but I try not to give like too many details so that, that way I have the flexibility to be able to write what I want to write <laughs> when I get to their stories. So um, yeah, I pretty much, there's not a lot of planning that goes on. <laughs> when the, I usually get to the end and I'm like, oh God, how can I, how can I like tie all these threads together? Because I have no idea what's happening. That's funny. I feel a lot better because I, I think I'm kind of a Plotter, a planter, I don't know, whatever, kind of a cross. It's like if I if I plan too much, I get really I'm gonna switch away from this. There um, we go. Sorry. And so it's interesting that you say that because it's like I feel like you get in the story and you start writing and you're like, no, you know, you start figuring out who they are. Um, yeah. So I guess knowing that and considering this, this speaks to me, maybe I'm being selfish here, but what tips would you give to an author who's embarking on a new series that's not much of a planner but kind of wants to, you know? Um, not box themselves into a corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's the main thing is that, you know, if you're writing um, companion novels where that you're, you know, you know that you're going to be writing like a brother or a friend or a sister or whoever it may be that, you know, you don't give too many details mm -hmm. on them. I mean, unless you specifically want to set something up, but that tends to be like a plotter that's going to do that, <laughs> where I have backed myself into a corner where I said something specific and then I had to base a whole plot around that and then go, you know, how do I make that work? Mm -hmm. which as a pantser, you still can do that because then, you know, there's a lot of areas that you can go. But um, for me, I learned to be like really careful about that so that I didn't, you know, put myself in a position where I didn't want to be or then like just wasn't, didn't feel passionate about writing that story any longer. Yeah. So I think that's the main key. Um, the other thing is just to like um, make sure you keep notes on like the, the first books in the series because, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have that all plotted out, um, you want to make sure it still remains consistent and makes sense with, sense with the first book. Yes, yes, very good tips. Um both great ones, whether you're a pantser or a plotter, really. So, <laughs> um, so speaking of planning, um, ironically, sort of, you have this amazing, um, is it Andlo? Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. Um, planners. Well, I mean, it's like tons of merchandise. I was kind of playing around on there and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> you have these like author planners and things. Um, and so I guess I wondered, um, you know, it's not just for authors, it's like editors and more. And I wondered like, what made you want to start that planner project? So Anlo is actually the brainchild of my daughter, who's my um, marketing manager. She has a, a marketing degree from here at U of A in Tucson. <laughs> and so um, she came to work for me. I think she worked like, maybe she worked a year after she graduated somewhere else. And she's like, she had interned with me through college. And so she wanted to come back and work with me. That's like a whole side thing. But um, 
she had created the planner initially for me mm-hmm. because I'm a planner girl. Like I don't plan my books out, but I like, I have to write, I mean, as a writer, like my writer brain is like off the charts terrible. So mm-hmm. like, if I don't write something down, like it's not going to happen. Like I write down, do a load of laundry <laughs> because otherwise the whole day will go by and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, I don't have any clean clothes. Yes. So, um, but I never found anything that like really fit for, you know, especially for like my, you know, for what I do, because I need something that could, you know, do like word tracking for my writing and, um, you know, keep track of my takeovers and parties and posting and all that kind of stuff. So one day I came in and there was like this sheet on my, um, on my desk and she had created this, this planner sheet. So everything kind of was spurred from that. So she started those planners and um, everybody really loved them. So she's expanded them to the editors and all that kind of thing. So then we just really expanded it into a full store and we have, the planners. And then I wrote the, um, which is so funny, the um, plot your passion, which is a plotting manual, (laughs) but I created it with both the pantser and plotter in mind so that whether, you know, whichever you do, you can keep track and it keeps you flowing. Um, It's, you know, it's kind of like a a glimpse into the way that I write, because even though I'm not going to fill the whole thing out at the beginning, as I go, I'm filling it out and I'm keeping track in there. So it kind of helps to keep me organized, especially as I moved on to, you know, the next books and everything. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I was going to ask my next question was about you and your daughter running it because I see her on your social media and stuff. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's so cool. My daughter's four, but you know, maybe. It's so fun. It's like the best, best blessing to be able to have her work with me and, you know, just have somebody you trust that you can like toss any idea with. And like, I mean, she does literally everything. And then um, my middle son works with us as well. Um, he, he just turned 21. So he does like kind of like all the errands and all that kind of stuff. So it's really fun to have a family business. That's really awesome. Yeah, I know I've talked to a decent number of authors or seen them talk about how like their husband's very involved, right? Um, yes. You know, like Willow Winters and different people. Um, so it's fun to me that your kids are involved because I haven't met as many authors who. Yeah, I just have older kids. I'm just on the old side. <laughs> you know, <laughs> My kids are grown. So I'm sure my youngest, my 17 year old will be working with for me one of these days. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's so cool. And I think it's yeah, super fun. fun. Um, I'm glad to hear it's fun because I wonder, you know, like, yeah, that we just get along really well. I mean, I think that, you know, you have to, you know, if you do something like that, whether it's with your husband or it's your children or your sister or whoever, you know, if it's somebody that's close in your family or a really close friend, you just have to make sure that, you know, expectations are set and that you guys are really open with each other and that you, you know, that you're willing to face because there's obstacles, you know, and there's days you're frustrated or you're mad about something and you have to be able to, you know, treat that differently than like your family time and not let that overflow into that. And then also be able to work through it and not like, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty, and not to be like, I'm so easygoing, but you know, I just kind of like, there's just shit happens. Are we allowed to say that on here? Um, in my opinion, uh, you know, so like if there's mistakes, you know, I make mistakes, you know, she makes mistakes, Eli makes mistakes and we just all like, you know, figure it out and, and move on from there. So I think that that's really important that you, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder, you know, how, how do you guys balance that family time, work time? Because I know even now, you know, my husband, because of the pandemic, has been working from home all the time instead of like two days. Oh, right. And then I work from home. So now our, our bedroom has become like our bedroom slash office, right? Because <laughs> we're not like, can you other, be quiet over there for a minute? Yeah. yeah closed off rooms and stuff. Um, and so, so I think we try, you know, at the, you know, we've done this for so many years. I mean, Devin started entering for me um, all the way back in 2011, I think. Wow. So um, I think at the beginning, there was a lot of like overlap where we talk about, we try not to talk about work stuff when that we're not doing work. Okay. So 
certainly, but the thing is, we talk about personal stuff during work time. Too. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So we're making products, we're in the office, like packaging stuff or, you know, doing something for Anlo. Like we're, you know, like, oh, did you hear it? You know, we're chatting and that kind of stuff. Just like you would with your girlfriend at work, right? If you're kind of thing. So, so that happens. But then like, if we're having like a family party or, you know, we're at a dinner, unless there's something really important, we usually don't talk about mm-hmm. work stuff. That's good. Yeah. Do you find that it helps to have that defined space, like to have an office that you guys, or do you not even yes. use that option? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah it definitely does. It's like work time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Devin always reminds us she'll be in there and she like, like all the kids go in there, you know, everybody wants to chat with her. because She's so funny and fun. And the boys will be in there and she's like, guys, it's work time. <laughs> so <laughs> Leave me alone. That's yeah. Um, well, I know you've been publishing for many years now. What do you think has been a key to your longevity or your ability to continue to drive to, to write new stories? Um, I think it's just that I treat it like a business. You know, I feel so blessed that I get to write stories. And obviously it's like a really fun job, right? Like we love what we do and you feel, you know, I, and I think for most of us, we have like compulsion to write, but there's a lot of things that can get us down. And so you know, depression can sink in or loneliness. Like there's so many things that affect writers because it's such a solitary position that, um, and I think that, you know, just treating it every single day, like that I'm going into the office, like I get up, I work out, I take a shower, you know, and then I have like a set, you know, in my planner, I literally have my, my day planned out of what I'm going to be doing. So, and also establishing that um, like boundaries, because, you know, before COVID, you know, when my husband was at work and my kids were younger, you know, a lot of the stuff like doctor's appointments and all that stuff falls on you because people don't like respect the idea that you work from home or that it's you know they do they just don't quite get it you know so you all that stuff falls on you so setting boundaries with that like my husband and I still split like you know I would take the kids sometimes sometimes he did and he would have to take time off because you know we had to respect that both positions were valuable mm-hmm. so doing that made a big difference I think as well that's good yeah I mean it is hard especially with younger kids too yes balance it is you know and it is also you know and some people you know if you're writing for like supplemental income so that you can stay home with your kids then Mm -hmm. that's okay too Mm -hmm. I mean I did it as a full-on business where I'm working you know well over 40 hours a week but you know I also respect the idea that if somebody's like hey I'm just gonna write a little bit so that I can have some you know so that I can be home with my kids then do all that stuff you know you just have to set what your priorities are and what you want and so I think establishing that is what is what really you know solidifies it as a Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, it cut out a second, so your face froze, and I don't know what. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, it's well, my. I'm fighting with my husband over internet space over here <laughs> because he's always on. So he's come home from Washington, and he works permanently from Arizona in an office in the other room. So we're now permanently working out together. <laughs> yep. Same. Well, I don't know whether it's permanent, but it's it's at least been a while that it's been kind of permanent. So. Yeah, you kind of get in that jive, right? Where you're just like, all right, yeah. this is we can do this. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, we can, we can make this work somehow. <laughs> um, well, a while back, you kind of posted about a lot of things that were going on in your life with family and writing and juggling it. And I think um, many of us kind of feel that difficulty of managing stress, um, especially as wives and moms, I don't know what we're talking about. So, um, you know, when he, I like what you said, where you, um, I'm trying to learn to take the stress and stride, you know it's part of life and that if I'm working hard, there will always be things that feel like they're getting missed. Um, so I wondered kind of how you try and handle um, that stress and overwhelm, because I know that we all <laughs> kind of feel it at times, Yeah. regardless of the pandemic, you know, everybody's jumping. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny because that feels almost vague because like so far, like I'm like, oh, wait, I have, I used to leave the house. I forgot about those days. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it's, um, 
just making sure to like have moments that you enjoy, you know, rather than, cause there's, I think when you work from home and there's like so much stuff going on and you feel this pressure, you know, especially if that you're the type of writer, like I am, where I have to sit in front of the computer for a really long time to get words down, mm-hmm. you know, and all this stuff's happening in the background and the kids need this and they're coming in and out and your husband, you know, things feel like they're falling apart. Um, taking the time, just like a timeout to enjoy time with your family. So you're not frustrated at them to go with your girlfriends and have drinks and dinner. And, you know, just like setting aside time that you go, you know, this is worth it. And this is why that I work so hard is so that I can, I'm able to do these things or, or whatever it might be, you know, and of course, stresses are different. Like, you know, um, it's been crazy. We've had some construction issues with the house when we moved to Washington and then moved back here. And um, my house was kind of, it's an amazing house, but it was in mass disarray. We kind of, there was a lot of things that needed fixed. And so we had some really big issues with the um, renovation on it. And that has been like a huge stress, but also just, so like realizing like, you know, there's an end in sight, like it's not going to be, um, sorry, I thought somebody came in the door back there. Um, you know, that's not going to be going on forever. Like I see that like, Hey, I'm just going to have to balance that right now. And there's going to be like construction and sounds going on, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be like this every day forever. Like it's going to end kind of thing. So just, you know, taking a deep breath is really what it comes down to. Like it's okay. Yeah. I think, uh, one of my mantras the past few years, I I was dealing with some health issues and I would always tell myself like, it's not forever. It's just for now. And I would just like repeat that. And it's kind of like, I love that. Right. You know, it's like, this will not last forever. It feels like it might right now, but it it will. Right. So, um, important to, to gain perspective. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, so then my other kind of deeper question, sorry, um, is that you'd said it always feels impossible until it's complete, but when we push ourselves toward a goal that's so important to us, we are unstoppable. And you talked about how kind of the voices were screaming at you that you you weren't enough, but you refused to listen. Um, and I think a lot of us as writers kind of feel that imposter, self-doubt, whatever. And so, mm-hmm. I wondered, um, you know, how do you manage those voices that say you're not enough? Um, and how do you overcome that too? Yeah, that's a hard one, you know, and I think that that's like different for each of us. Um, you know, I think it's just like pushing through and just that feeling that I, I have to write, you know, that, um, you know, there's a lot of days where I'm sitting in front of the computer and the words don't come. And I think, man, I really suck at this. Like, what am I doing? Like, or I'll finish a book that was good and try to start another one and like think, oh my God, I can never write another book again. Like, it's just like that. And I think it's like a tap. It's really like, if I, if I step back and look at it, I think it's a tapped out feeling, Yeah. you know, cause we push ourselves and we push ourselves to meet deadlines and we're, you know, pouring everything into a story and then you finish and it's almost like you feel drained and you think there's nothing left to give. And I think that's what I probably struggle with the most is like, um, you know, that feeling that, you know, probably I just need to take a break rather than pushing myself to start another story. But again, it's a business. So I'm like, you know, um, you know, and then the other thing is that it's just hard for me to write. Like it doesn't flow naturally. It's like, like you said, I kind of, and, you know, agonize over every sentence that I write. And so when I get stuck and in those moments where that, you know, I'm just staring at a computer for the whole day and it feels like such a waste of time. It's like, I, I'm terrible. Like, why am I doing this? So, um, I think it's like, being able to look back and go, okay, but look at these other stories that you've created that, that you love so much and your readers have loved. And I write those stories for them. Um, so that's, what's important in the end. So it's, you know, taking a step back again and going like, Hey, you have this, it might not come today, but you know, go binge something or read something and get up in the morning and try again. You know, some days you just have to do that. Like I just, some days I'm like, it's not happening. <laughs> like, and I've gotten better with that as time has gone on. Cause I've started to recognize my patterns 
that mm -hmm. I have these highs and lows. And when I get really down and I just, I just know like, Hey, you need to like go and refill your cup and then come back to it. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so incredibly vulnerable about that. I think, um, I think many writers who, or even just anyone in any job who's might, you know, tune into this would probably relate to that. Um, especially in hearing it from someone who I think to many of us has achieved so much success and is such a wonderful writer. You know, it's, it's both reassuring, but also like, oh man, you never get past that feeling. I <laughs> think, yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, we all have vulnerabilities and we, we all have our strengths and, um, and it's also like probably accepting that, you know, like I said, I write lyrically, poetically, like I really like write hundred thousand word books of poetry yeah. that have like follow a storyline and, that's not for everybody. And I think I had to get to the place where I was confident and okay with that, you know, cause I have those, you know, one-star reviews are like, what is this crap? You know, this, she doesn't know how to write. And I'm like, well, why would I change what I do for that one person that doesn't like it when I've established my career on, on these books that, you know, the people that do, I'm writing for them because they do like it and, and that's okay. So not getting, you know, and it still hurts if somebody like smears me, like there's some days where I'm like, oh my God, like, ah, you know, I still curl up in a ball and cry sometimes. And sometimes that's what I need just to move on. But, um, you know, I think it's like all, an important thing is recognizing our strengths and our style and um, being able to like, you know, accept that and, and realize that, you know, we're all going to have obstacles in each of the, for each of it's going to be different. And so just learning how to deal with that obstacle and getting to the other side of it. Yes. Well, thank you. This feels like a pep talk for me because I just read the book <laughs> and it was like, incredibly draining compared to normal and oh like, no oh dear. so you're kind of on that low period it sounds like you need a little like weekend away or something, you know? something yeah I'm gonna recharge i went to a, a tulip farm this morning with my family and that was really nice so oh that's so fun i love that I was picking the tulip. stop and you smell could, the flowers right yeah, smell it. <laughs> you, you could pick them you could pay to you pick them and so she was just super excited because usually we oh, go to like it. botanic gardens where you do not pick the flowers and so right. this was like a really big deal to her so i think i need more of that in my life <laughs> i love it that's great and we do you know you gotta we gotta enjoy it right yes well thank you that was a a great answer and very um, thoughtful. So, um, well, thank you again for joining me today. This has been incredible. It's been so fun. Thank you for having me on. Um, well, before we go, I have to ask um, what three things you're grateful for. For those who have read my book, Unexpected, it's a nanny single parent romance with a twist um, because he's the younger nanny. Um, and so- oh, I love night, it. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so every night he asks the little girl he nannies for what three things she's grateful for. Um, I am grateful for my family, for my faith and my friends. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And you got alliteration there, which I'm always a sucker for. <laughs> I am all about it. <laughs> well, thank you again, Amy. It's been a pleasure. Where can readers find you? Um, probably the best place would be on Instagram, A.L. Jackson author, or <laughs> my website is, um, A.L. Jackson author.com. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. It's like, oh yeah, what is my I'm like, wait, where? Where can they find me? <laughs> well, until next week, this is Jenna Hartley. Cheers to love, laughter, and happily ever afters. Stay true to yourself and keep sharing your gifts with the world because we need more women's voices like yours. Thank you for listening and I can't wait to see you again. Like what you hear? Hit that subscribe button. Uh, share it with a friend. The more empowered women we have, the stronger the world is, the better we'll be. Thanks.